0: bit a hand. You know, testimonies, um, they build faith in the house, right? To see God do it again and to, to believe for yourself that, hey, I want to see God do that in my life, right? So um, our brother Phil has a testimony that he'd like to share. Please welcome up Phil.
1: Hi, I just want you to Realize, I'm not here to toot my horn. I'm here to toot his horn. Okay, all right. So this testimony is five years in the making, and I'm going to try to squeeze it in in five minutes. Take my. You gun. can do it. Okay. It started in 2018, and uh, my daughter moved from South Carolina, and she had a uh, her job was in Miramar, and she lived in uh, Lake Elsinore. And the babysitter, my Yanni, and you all know who Yanni is. Yanni, the babysitter, was in, in Miramar area. So he drove with mom and drove home with mom. So it was like, and you know the traffic, to make an hour and a half one way. So I figured I got to do something about it. So we looked at rentals. That didn't work. And so the decision to sell our house and buy an, another house that can fit them. So I think the the motivation there, the Lord liked, it wasn't for our own selfish intentions. It was so we can accommodate my son, my grandson. And she didn't want to move. If you guys seen our house in Poway, we built that thing. We were going to retire there. We were completely happy there. But that's what we decided on. So we started looking at a home. We found a home in the area we live in now, but it's further down the hill. And we were completely happy with that. We actually came back that afternoon, and we were ready to make an offer. but Christina decided she wanted to see where the dogs are going to walk the neighborhood so we took a got in a car and went up the hill and the sign the first sale sign was on the in front of the house that we now bought so that right there is like your what your plans are right here, and you 're super happy with it but God as his plans are up here. It was just like, beyond what we expected, everything the scripture says. So then it begins. There was a granny flat for them to live in, so they were happy there. It's okay. There's so much. It's five minutes, honey. So much happening the whole time.
0: Uh, (laughs) Come on up, Christina. Let's welcome Christina.
2: I'm sorry, but you have to know this part because if you understand that we were looking at this other house that was like a 1,300-square-foot rebuild, and it had, a, it had a little pool house, so it, was, it, would, it had all the ingredients we were looking for. I said, let's walk around, look at the neighborhood, and see if it's nice to walk the dogs. We were parked in front of the house, and there was a for sale sign, and we were getting the sign out, and as we did that, the lady that owns the house was at the top of the street, and she said... Do you want to come in and see? This is the first day we looked at houses, you guys. The first day that I was actually open to looking at houses. And we walked in and we were like, oh man, we cannot afford this. (laughs) But God said, I guess we could.
1: And the fact that she was up on a hill, I lived in that house for five years now. For me to be up on that hill, I'm either dumping the garbage, there's no business. You have no business up in that hill. So God put her there so we can see the house. So anyway, so back, she was in a granny flat. And this home on the other side of the property had a, a an old um, squash court. So it's a squash court. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a businessman. I'm going to turn that into an apartment, right? So that's what I thought in the beginning. But here's where the testimony is. There were so many challenges to start that. First, it was the architect. So I hired this architect. I gave him a retainer, and he was all like, yeah, I can do this, yeah. Two months later, he quits. He's like, it's just too much. I can't handle it. Uh, It's beyond my scope. He returned my return. Every penny he returned. So then I'm like, what? So now... um, we went to the city for the plans and the plans the city said you have to have your septic done first and that's in a county before we entertain any plans in the city so that's another challenge i had some septic people engineers come in and they're like i can't do it you have you don't have enough land and so at that point i'm just like what is going on lord you didn't allow me to buy this house so i can just you know have that a storage that's just a waste right and this is when he spoke to me, and he said, I mean, clearly, he said, look, uh, whose project is this? Is this your project or mine? <laughs> and that's when I, like, go back to, that was my go-to every time. It's like every time there's a hurdle or a possible showstopper, I just remind myself, this is not your project, Phil. This is his. So you you act on it. So... Now comes Paul Warland. Eventually he comes in and he looks at the he did his thing, and I'm like, So, Paul, the septic guy, what do you think? Can it be done? And he goes, Um, there's several options. Which one would you like? I'm like, from not having any hope to having options. It's so awesome. So that's one of the showstoppers. So um, it continues. <laughs> there was some as we went. Um, there were some slowdowns There had to be remodified. Stupid COVID. Um, you know, just all kinds of slowdowns. But then praise and gathering. Remember, this is about praise and gathering. We had praise and gathering all the time. And these slowdowns were sped up by those uh, gatherings. And um, <clears throat> lately, we've got to the point where... I was going to have my final inspection during this praising gathering. And that's what I lifted up because there was an issue where Paul Warland, great guy, but slow as molasses, I had to go back to him and redesign it. And it's like, gosh, that's another year. And I can't. But because you guys prayed for it and uh, I was able to kind of we didn't need that remodification, and I did, November 7th, we had the, November 7th, we had the final inspection, and it was stamped, and I'm done. Yeah. 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 Oh, I still have time. Uh, where is he? <laughs> I'm right here. here. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Thank you. Phil. Wow.
1: I got you. Thank you.
0: That was amazing. I'm still trying to come down off that worship time, huh? I'm like a Jack Russell up here sometimes with, uh, with my hyperness. Oh, can we just thank God that we're alive and we're in this place together? Oh, well, well we've been in this month of gratitude and I've heard many stories from people that, you know, just talking conversation from John that have like, you know, I, I stopped complaining more, or when I started to complain, I just started to give thanks for for things in the morning and at night, and it really has affected um, the way you think, or it just changes your attitude, right? Thankfulness has a way of doing that. So as a worship leader, it is typical for someone like me to to teach on thanksgiving and thankfulness because of what it says in Psalm 100, uh, where it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, right? That's what we're doing every Sunday where we're trying to get vertical, get into God's presence, and that's my job as a a worship leader. But today I really felt uh, strong about going in a different direction uh, because I feel that this is going to be encouraging to you, but also, it, it, it feels very prophetic for the times. So, and I know that being in leadership, and we're a body of believers, and what happens to one of us essentially happens to all of us, right? So last week, John taught us a great and amazing message on lamenting. Two words you don't hear often, amazing and lamenting. <laughs> but lamenting the right way. When you read Psalms, you see like how David lamented all the time, and he had a lot of reasons too. But he always came back to glorifying God and putting God above whatever the situation he was facing, right? I read, I read the Psalms, I'm like, man, David was an, an emotional wreck. But as I continue to read, I'm like, wow, I'm a lot like David. <laughs> but it's just a good thing because you know what I'm really thankful for? is that God is not afraid of emotions, and nor should we be. He's the one that created you as an emotional being to experience those emotions. And so oftentimes, when we we come into a place like this, you know, and it's like, I can't feel sad. I'm not supposed to feel sad. I'm always supposed to be on all the time with this joy you know, or all this time with just feeling good and being positive and, you know. But we read in the Psalms and throughout Scripture just how kind of dire some people's situations were, right? But they were, as John puts it, honest with God and honest with themselves. So um, I'm certainly not trying to re-preach John's message, but I feel like just giving a definition to a few things uh, because it sets up what I wanted to share today really well. Lamenting. Lamenting involves expressing grief, sorrow, deep regret. Good luck reading that. (laughs) Often a response to a loss in an unfortunate situation is a heartfelt expression of sadness or disappointment. It's more reflective and emotional in nature, focusing on acknowledging and processing feelings rather than seeking a solution or blaming others. Lamenting can be a healthy way to cope with loss or disappointment by allowing individuals to acknowledge and express their emotions. Complaining, however, is expressing dissatisfaction or annoyance, sometimes seeking attention or sympathy, really getting nowhere except into a more negative space. You guys know that to be true? What about ruminating? Ruminating is repeatedly dwelling on negative thoughts or experiences without resolution, getting nowhere, leading to increased distress. So I don't know about you, but I know some people in my life that are chronic ruminators where they somehow, so much skill involved in this, but they turn every conversation around to what happened to them 20-something years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever. But here's, here's the thing. That's okay. That's okay because it's part of the process of bringing it to God. So what I'm trying to say is it's, it's okay to be introspective, but don't stay in the introspective to where you're going around in these negative cycles. And I think that's what, what John was talking about last week. And I think that's what, what David, and as you read, what he did. He did it properly. You can, I used to teach the technicians that I managed a long time ago that you can complain, just complain the right way. If you're going to complain, come up with a solution. We have the solution, and that's Jesus Christ. Right? So, today I give you permission to, 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 to feel what you feel because we're going to go to God together today. Right? So, <clears throat> what I wanted to share was an encounter that I had a few weeks ago. And it's in regards to this processing emotions um, and bringing it to God. So, the main theme of what I want to come across is that we think we know ourselves... And what our deepest needs are for our soul. We try many things to attempt to either fulfill that need. Yet seem to fall short most of the time. Most of the time. We're created in God's image. And we can trust him to know us more than we know ourselves. See, God knows you more than you know you. Amen? So mark in your Bibles. We're not going to read these right away. But mark in your Bibles with me. Deuteronomy chapter seven verse nine. Just baptized my phone. Hebrews ten twenty three, and Hebrews eleven eleven. I got one more to throw in there too, and that's Matthew six seven through eight. And just put a placeholder on those because we're gonna read those later. Y'all still with me? Good. So, story time with Hamilton. It's going to be fun. <laughs> so, we all know how crazy life can get, right? Even as a Christian, even as a believer, uh, <clears throat> we can still go through seasons of uncertainty. We can pray and not see answers. Um, we read all the books, we go to the conferences. We watch a bunch of YouTube motivational videos on, you know, things that are just going to pick you up and like, yeah, okay, I could do this, only to, only to kind of still be stuck in the rut, right? So it could seem as though there's no solution. In regards to work in ministry or just, you know, wherever you find yourself, um, it can seem like you put so much work into something only to have it not work. Have you ever been there before? like man I have tried this thing a thousand times and it ain't working. So what do we normally do in those situations when when you try something that doesn't work? You pivot, you go back to the drawing board, you try again with a new strategy or a new method, right? And if you do that enough times only to have it not work, it can be pretty discouraging. It can be kind of like not demoralizing, but you you get what I'm trying to say. So you might start to question whether or not it's the method at the beginning. But after a while, you start to question, well, am, am I the issue? Is something wrong with me? You know, like what a, what's going on with me? So I'm going to re, be real with y'all. Can I be real with y'all today? Because I believe that authenticity really does give you permission, but there's power in authenticity. I want to be honest with you and be honest with God. So uh, I was in one of these seasons recently. And don't be alarmed. This ends really well, I promise. <laughs> Hang in there with me to the end. It's so good. So it's been a very trying season. And a lot of it could just be, you know, internal, but I, I, I'm i going to get there. It's been a season of trying things out to see if they take off, but they're not. It's been praying for specific things that I felt like, okay, God, I, I really would love to see this. And then just not right um, not feeling like i had the ability to follow through was one of those things where you would have a goal and and not to and you, you don't feel like you have the skill set or the ability to see that thing through to the end has anyone ever felt like that yeah so the interesting thing is is that i had i felt like i i don't know i felt like i lost my vision for the big picture you know i felt like i was just going through the motions and the interesting thing is is that as talking to a lot of people they all sort of felt this decision fatigue they all felt this very, this very this feeling of um yeah nothing i'm trying is working there's just a lot of bouncing around and just this over just this feeling of like uncertainty, do you get what I'm saying? I'm really not trying to depress you. <laughs> and that tells me though when I, when I speak with people about these types of things that they're going on in their life, like whether depression or fear or whatever the case may be, um, I kind of feel like that's a spiritual attack That's, that's, that's something going on in the spirit. And we need to start doing warfare. So what did we do as a church? We did the praise and prayer gathering. We did the month of fasting for breakthrough. You know, because we all recognized what was happening and going after it. This is what we do as Christians, right? We go after it in prayer. We go after it with fasting. We go after it with praise. And so that's what we did. So I got to processing all these feelings in in uh, what I was experiencing. And I was like... Well, my Bible time has been really great lately. Like, I've been journaling every single morning. I've been getting a lot out of it. Uh, personal worship time has been awesome, authentic. Corporate worship time here has been absolutely amazing. I'm just, just to toot my own horn. Beep, beep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it was, it was like, this is going well. There's a lot of good things going on. But still, just something was off. And I just felt that, like, uncertain about the future, uncertain about my, you know. So I've lived long enough, and I've walked with God long enough to know I'm probably experiencing some burnout. Ever burn out before? Ever feel burnt out before in life? Yeah. It's not fun. And so I remember, you know, I just need to get alone with God. Like, alone, alone not not just like okay more I'll, I'll get up at 4:30 a.m. this time or I'll get up at 3:30 and spend more time with Jesus you know it's like that's that's not wrong if you feel called to that that's fantastic i just felt like i want to go up to the mountains and i want to camp out and just seek god with my bible and and that's it and i'm going to get clarity on the things that were weighing on my heart so that was my key motivation there I had my list. <laughs> I had, okay, God, I need clarity and vision for this. I need clarity and vision for this. What do I do about this? Da, 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 da. All that. And so the night before I left, and this is cool because in pre-service prayer today, um, Mary, uh, Mary had said that we were praying and we saw visions of eagles, right? Saw so a vision of an eagle. I, I think it might have been Linnea that said that. <clears throat> And what was cool was that night before I left for camp, this was a few weeks ago, John was praying with me over the phone that God would do what he needed to do in me. And I closed my eyes and I saw a face of an eagle. And I was like, hmm. And the scripture that came to my mind was Isaiah 40, verse 30 and 31. says, even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So I knew that as I was setting time aside to go and process everything I was processing with God, that he was going to do just that. Amen? And he'll do that for you. So here is the encounter part. I drive up the mountain. The drive up the, the mountain was uh, was beautiful. Like just the afternoon, I had John Denver playing on the radio, blasting like "Country Road, Take Me Home." I'm waving at people like "Hey, what's up." And I see the sun. You know, you know. It just it was like a Bob Ross painting the whole way up there. Happy little trees with little friends next to him. And the foliage was great, too. Like, I'm a, I, I just love nature. You look on my phone, you'll see just hundreds and hundreds of pictures of just rock formations and trees and stuff like that and skyscapes. And it just tells of God's story, you know, and of creation. And so I was eager to get up there, anticipating what God would do, answers to all my questions, all that. So, I get up to the to Palomar Christian Conference Center. I check into my cabin and bring everything in. And, you know, just kind of moving around the room, unpacking. And then that night as I'm reading and praying and worshiping God, something happened that I wasn't expecting. And I was, I was expecting, you know, just typically when I, when I encounter God, I, I, I get the laughing going on. I, I get the joy and all that kind of stuff. But this time, this time this encounter was different. I'll be real with y'all. I was overcome with such extreme loneliness that I didn't have words to describe it. And the only thing that I could think of was it was my family, where if if my wife and I weren't together anymore and I couldn't see my kids as often as I could. I know, it's a morbid thought. (laughs) But here's the thing. I wasn't producing that in myself. I felt so, like, lonely and so, like, I missed something like I was missing out on something but I couldn't get back what I was missing out on <sighs> these thoughts they broke me and and I sobbed like like a baby it was it was an interesting cry because it was like a wailing in my soul that I couldn't I couldn't really control it and every time I had these thoughts of, of us not being together and, and it, you know, worst case scenario, it broke me even more. And it brought me down even further. And it almost felt like, like I, I knew it was God. I knew that it was God producing these feelings in me because with it, with these lonely feelings came this, this sense of like, overwhelming sense of love for my wife for my kids and and it it reminded me of all the things that I had been stressing out over all the things that I had been worried about I was essentially putting that out in front of my family to where I would be so stuck in my head at home you could be at home but still not be at home you know what I'm saying so, all these uncertainties and these worries and these fears were, were, were causing me to isolate, cause, and robbing me of joy and intimacy of my family. So, God, God had to cause me to feel something in order to show me something, and that was how much I valued and loved my family my wife and kids. And so I repented. I repented for any time that I took them for granted. I repented for all the things that I was like, God, I'm so sorry for being like so overly ambitious for my own good and wanting to fix all these things so that I could be a better this, a better that, a better this, a better that. Ever done that before? And like uh, Before I get started with, with what God has called me to do, I need to, I need to fix some things. But that was, actually, that was actually causing more harm than good. And my gracious God caused me to feel this loneliness that launched me into realizing what mattered the most to me, right? And so I continued to pace the cabin. Um, God kept bringing up how much I loved and valued my family, kept breaking me down in a good way. Uh, these were healing tears I felt and so I texted Daryl Lee this this you know novel of everything I was experiencing and she's just like That's a lot, buddy, wow. <laughs> Let's hope this sticks this time. <laughs> I'm like, No, this is the real deal, I promise, this is the real deal, babe. It was the real deal. So when God reveals truth, it feels like grace and love. When God reveals truth, it exposes what is in our hearts to set us free. And it's not to shame us. Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, that freedom that I felt, the light bulb went off. It's like, that is the most important. My family, that's where it needs to be. That's where my attention needs to be. And so, God and I have conversations that are kind of witty and, you know, matter of fact. <clears throat> so, in the midst of all this, as I'm, you know, I'm, I'm praying, I'm leaning on the bedside, I'm walking over to the kitchen table, I'm reading my Bible, journaling, and <clears throat> I feel him say this. Your family is your retreat. He also said, you keep pursuing all these things in your heart, thinking they're going to fulfill you and make you better, but it's through the pursuit of your family that you will find the strength and purpose that you need. You will find me in the midst of them. So what I'm not saying, and I don't feel like he said this, was that put your family above me, you know. It was, no, God was saying, This is your assignment. Go after this, not after this, what you think you know. Remember what we said in the beginning? God knows you more than you know you. He created you in his image, therefore he knows knows what makes you tick. He knows your deepest need. And so he knew what I needed. I was not expecting this. And I went up there and God just, boom, reprioritized. (laughs) what I had been concerned about. So that was the first night. (laughs) You guys still with me? Praise God. So God showed up in a way I wasn't expecting. He gave me clarity for sure. And it was not in the way I was anticipating. So I'm so thankful. I am so, so thankful that God is patient with me because you'd think that I would be done, you know, with my list. But I still had my list of things I needed God to answer, right? I still, he dealt with my priorities. He dealt with the things that I had been, uh, you know, my family wasn't first. Everything else was. Didn't know that. And so I got to processing the next morning. I'm getting my shoes on. I'm, like, right, I'm going to go have breakfast. I'm going to get my hiking gear. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get, you know, the granola bars, the water, and my journal. Let's go. All right, God, here's how the conversation went. Okay, God, let's get down to business. What am I going to do about this? God, and this is what he said, I already told you what to do. You did? Yeah. When? Remember a few weeks ago when I gave you that word about faithfulness? I said, yes. He said, yes. Yes, what? Be faithful. Be faithful. It's like, oh, okay, so a few weeks, a few weeks prior to this, you know, um, retreat, I was, I was working on my vision for the ministries I oversee and working on vision for my personal life. And, and it just seemed frustrating because I was already kind of in that headspace of like, this just means I'm going to have to do more and try harder. You know, I've already tried all this stuff. And I, don't, I didn't want to be inauthentic with my vision. You know what I'm saying? I wanted it to be actually real and revelation and this is what God wants to do. And so I was processing with Daryl Lee about about it and she was saying like, I'm like, you know what? I really feel like you know, just faithfulness is is what I want. Like, just be faithful. And she's like, that sounds like it. That sounds like, that sounds good. I'm like, that might be God. So I shared that word with my worship team and, and shared that word and Kind of forgot about it, obviously. <clears throat> so, you're telling me, God, that no matter what I have on my list that I bring before you, you're just going to tell me to be faithful? Yeah. And I was like, well, that's, uh, that's all I got on my list. What do you want to do? And, he, and I, I felt him say this You want to go hiking? total feel the dreams moment (laughs) so i just felt taken care of i felt the peace of god so we ended up we ended up uh walking down to this this river that was really hard to find and hike down to, and I spent hours down there by the still, small water, the the still waters. Found a rock to sit on, started journaling, and took a bunch of pictures of it. And my time became more about fellowship and friendship with God more than just begging him for answers and pounding on heaven's door. I was stressing out over things I couldn't really control and probably even building them up in my own mind, you know. Stress nonetheless. But God took what I was concerned. He had already spoken to me weeks prior on what the strategy was in the uncertainty and that was faithfulness. So I feel this word on faithfulness um, is not just a word for me, but it's a word for all of us. If you will be faithful in doing your part, God is faithful to do His. If you will be faithful to do your part, God is and always will be faithful to do His part, right? You could even say it this way, because God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. faithful. Say it one more time. God is faithful. faithful. There we go. To do everything he said he would do. I now have the strength and courage to be faithful in what I'm supposed to do. Because he is faithful. Amen? And so that's our first point today, (laughs) is God is faithful. So those scriptures I told you to put a placeholder on, Deuteronomy seven nine. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Hebrews ten twenty three. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful say faithful, faithful. he who promised is faithful hebrews 11:11 11, 11. and by faith now this is for us who are going through circumstances that seem to be out of our control and and maybe even beyond repair i don't even know if i'm saying that right right words but by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. So God is faithful to keep his promises to you. Whatever you feel like God has promised you, there's so many promises in the Bible. One thing that I really hang on to as a promise of God is that he is with me. That he's with me. No matter what. The second thing is God knows what you need. God knows exactly what you need. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 through 8. When you pray, do not keep babbling on like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So, I thought I was kind of going up there with my list, and I was going to get a vision back. I was I essentially I did, but I was going to get clarity on all these things, but I didn't get clarity so so to speak, on those specific things all right here's a strategy for this here's a strategy for this here's the next move on this: I got him I got him, and a word on. Even though you feel uncertain, even though you feel like you're out of ideas or out of the strength, you just be faithful. You just keep going. You don't quit because God is faithful. God is with you. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. So this encounter, you know what it is? It's when you go up, when, you, when Elijah went up the mountain, and he thought he was all by himself. He was burned out. He was feeling fried from his responsibilities. And God showed up in the still, small voice. I essentially felt like Elijah going up on the mountain to hear the still, small voice of God. And it was when he gave me that be faithful, I already told you what to do word. It felt like, what are you doing here, Elijah like, well, what are you doing here, Josh? Your family is your retreat. <laughs> I already told you what to do. Be faithful. The word says if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. And so even as I shared this story, and, and I hope I'm, I'm reading all his faces right. I, I hope I didn't leave you in a, in a depressive state. My, my encouragement to you today is this is that you can hear from God. Perhaps you might be a bit skeptical on whether or not, you know, hey, I'm not an emotional person, like, so I don't feel those intense emotions. I'm a very practical and analytical person. This is how I do things. And that's great. Here's the cool thing about God, is God knows exactly how to reach you in the way that you're going to understand that it's Him. God knows how to get me. All he's got to do is just go boop, to my heart. And I'm like, oh, you know, and there I am. But that's that's me. That may not be you. You may be like, well, I got to figure this out. You know, I need to process more intellectually. Great. We need you. <laughs> God will show, show up intellectually for you and give you information that you're like, That wasn't something that I thought of. That's totally the Holy Spirit right there. Amen? And so, I just want to encourage you that, like, if you feel like you haven't got a word from God, or I've gone up for prophetic words, or I've gone up for for prayer so many times, and I'm not getting the answers that I, I feel like I need, or I'm not hearing from Him, I would suggest, I would suggest that you have, heard from him. He has has said what to do in this thing. Start with loving God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. And then the second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Start from there. Because Jesus even said, all of the prophets in the law hang on those two commandments. Amen? God had already spoken to me about the faithfulness piece, and I forgot about it. Sometimes we need that gentle reminder from the Holy Spirit that like, I've already told you what to do, but you keep kind of going off the rails a bit, come back. So let's go to the Holy Spirit really quick. Let's close our eyes. I have a few questions to rhetorically ask, and then what we're going to do is uh, we'll invite the prayer teams down to to pray with you if you want to go after this even more. And uh, what I want to do is, before we do that, is share something I feel is very prophetic for the time that we're going into. <clears throat> but here we go. Let's ask, let's ask ourselves some questions here. As you sit here with your eyes closed, have you been placing your own ambitions ahead of God's will for your life? Do you find that you are busy all the time in your mind and perhaps in your life running towards the next thing that you feel will fulfill you? finding out over and over that it doesn't. Do you want God to help you with your priorities? Do you want God to help you see things the right way in your life? And the last question is, do you want to hear God's voice more clearly? How many of you in here want to hear God's voice more clearly that's good. So, let's stand to our feet as uh, and the prayer teams, if you wouldn't mind coming down to the front. We're just gonna we're gonna be available for you. Um, but I'm gonna share a quick prophetic word. Yes, sir. Uh, <clears throat> was that was that encouraging? Was that good? My main my main goal today was to. To just encourage you that that God knows you. He sees you. He is faithful to keep his promises. We just need to be faithful to what he has called us to do. Right? So a couple years ago, I felt like it was a season of change. And uh, it was was coming on to full-time staff. Um, And what was interesting was, you know, it was definitely during the COVID time, and, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff around the mask mandates, a lot of our stuff around people just feeling differently about things. And it just felt like God had put a burden in me like Nehemiah. Like, I want to help build the wall. I want to help strengthen the house. That's what it felt like. And so we got, you know, we got brought on full time and God had put a burden on us to, to come in and help rebuild the walls. And so here we are a couple years later, and I'm led again to, to Nehemiah 4. Now catch this. This is a correlation that I felt God um, speak to me about this concept of family. So when God revealed to me this encounter what was, what, that was needed to be faithful, he also showed me that family was my ministry and my priority. And I prayed on this, like and it was led to Nehemiah 4. I have to read this. The walls were rebuilt halfway in height. When Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Ammonites threatened to fight against the people and to kill them. So the enemy sees the progress going on in your life, and he sends threats your way. You start hearing all these things. You get discouraged. You get, I, I can't keep doing this. Man. I'm tired. And even in Scripture, Nehemiah 4, the people were starting to lose hope and feel tired. So I felt like, all right, God, what are you, what are you trying to say here? How many of you have felt fatigued, confused, frustrated, threatened about the unknown, impending, whatever, and, and you just feel like, huh, yeah, I've been identifying with those feelings lately. It's a spiritual attack I was talking about. So what do you think Nehemiah did in this situation? Did he quit? No, he did not. Did he stop the building process with the, with the people because they felt threatened by the enemy? No, they did not. They reprioritized They got fresh vision. And here's what I want to read to you. Nehemiah 4, chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and saw the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, and I said, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. So the enemy has worked in double time to, to wreak havoc in marriages, wreak havoc in families, wreak havoc in identities, right? We've noticed this. But I would suggest that Part of our strategy as a church body, as a church family, is we fight together. So I want to encourage you today that maybe you have an immediate family, you know, that you've been sort of distant from and not focused on, not building or sowing into. Pivot and, and go towards your family. And I would say the same about this. If you don't have family close by Or or you have a family right here. You have a family right here in Gathering Place Church. So I want to encourage you to pursue your family because God is in the midst of them. Amen? So uh, I just want to invite you, if you want more of this, if you want to hear God's voice more clearly, and you want him to, to move in your life in this way, then come on down front. We're going to pray with you. Gary, did you want to share something? We're going to pray with you, and then we're going to uh, do a worship song and then pray some more.
2: So what uh, what I heard, which I thought was a great message, and what I heard was on, on faithful, being faithful, faithfulness. Um, what I've, What I've learned over the years is faithfulness is not a destination. It's a journey. It's a process. In other words, we don't just reach... A point where we're faithful we're continuing to grow in faithfulness God is faithful and he wants to transform us we're as Josh said we are created in his image he wants to transform us into his image and so that is transforming us into being faithful as he is faithful so we all have a long way to go on that right but it is a process and that's what I got out of your message and I really feel like God wants to do an impartation in many of us to grow in faithfulness to become more faithful to to move in the things that he's calling us to everything that Josh was saying but the key point i got was i think there's a lot of us that want an impartation of faithfulness to becoming more faithful so that's how i want to have the altar call i want if you want more faithfulness if you want to continue to grow in faith and grow in being faithful this is your time to come forward, and, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for an impartation. So, please come forward.
0: Why don't we just take a moment, close our eyes, if we're doing that, and I'm going to pray over us. Holy Spirit, you are in this place, Lord, and I, we thank you that you move upon hearts, that you restore. You counsel, you build up. We love you, God. I pray that you would impart to us a new strength, fresh vision, faithfulness, Lord God. May those that have been weary and, and those that have been battling, Lord God, be strengthened today by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name amen well, I just want to thank you if uh, you're watching online thanks for joining us I hope you got a lot out of it if you don't need prayer thank you so much for coming but feel free to hang out and just enjoy the presence of God with us and be here thanks so much